Uh, Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. I hate you. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just when we search, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. It is a Monday, the 17th of July. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup and AFL Podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And between us, I don't think we've seen any football. So, nah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I mean, we have uh, both been extraordinarily busy. Um, I think I've watched a little yes. bit more than you have, but you you barely watched any at all, right? Yeah, I saw. Well, I I'm the one the one game I made an effort to see was, of course, the Saints game, which just fucking was agonising to to go and and sit through. Uh, I did actually the other game I saw I just remembered was the uh, I did see the Bulldogs. I saw the Bulldogs Carlton game, but I was only sort of half watching that. I sort of missed out on like the third quarter or, or something, so I don't I don't have a lot of insights, but. Then again, well, this show wasn't built around insightful commentary. Well, Charlie, put it this way. I um, had to fly to Melbourne yesterday uh, to do Have You Been Paying Attention? And I was so unenthused by the idea that the Bulldogs were playing Carlton in the afternoon, I didn't even remember to tape the game. So I haven't even seen it. I just know that we won. Oh, really? I, just, I haven't even been inspired to like dip back in and see us win a game. I, what's going on, Charlie? See, this is oh, look. We've talked before. We both had a bit of uh, football fatigue about five weeks ago, I think, when the Bulldogs' form, yeah. the Saints' form, was a bit shit. And then I've been teased back into being enthused again, and then just got slapped across the face with a big dick of disappointment <laughs> on Friday night. <laughs> like it was so disappointing. I'm, you know, uh, shooting this show at the moment, and there's a few AFL fans. Um, in the crew and so we made a point of like oh let's find the local pub and we're in a tiny tiny small town in South Australia so we found like a local pub that was showing the football and it was one of those things where like you know the TV kind of was in a really odd position there wasn't really like proper furniture like you, to sit okay, and watch so it. I, I want to paint this picture entirely you walk into this pub like mm. how many people are in the pub what is the style of the pub like age well, of the people working behind the bar give us like a real vibe of it so it's uh it's uh, it's a country town um and uh the hotel looks like one of those old sort of federation buildings you know like when you go to country town there's those big pubs that have like you know the railing around the edges and stuff um and so you go in there it's it just feels it, it feels fairly country like there's a bay marie with like steamed veggies and stuff but it's an old style building there's nothing kind of new or modern about it it's like this building's been around for a hundred years odd little doors that lead to little passageways to get to a dining room with a strange you know patented carpet and all that kind of stuff but the main there's only one really main tv and that's in the front bar which just looks like any other front bar except there's a lot more barrels to sit on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> more bar- more barrels than furniture. There's a Galaga in the corner, like a tabletop arcade game, Galaga, um, which was good at one stage because uh, the guy, uh, Greg McLean, who's um, creative Rolf Quick and is directing this series, a good mate of ours, uh, 
he came to the pub for a bit and I was standing on one side of the bar and I could see Greg on the other side of the bar and he was working. And I was like, oh my God, how fucking dedicated is Greg? Like there he is typing away. It's the end of the week and he's still, you know, he's come to the pub and even though he's at the pub, he's still making notes. He never stops working. Then I walked around the bar to see him and realized he hasn't been working. He was just been playing Galaga for the last hour. <laughs> so Galaga or Gallagher? I've been schooled on that. I grew up being told it was Galaga, but uh, uh, are you a Galaga or Gallagher dude? You know what the thing is? I was always a Galaga, yeah. but like somebody said to me afterwards, they were like, but it's about like the galaxy, galaxy. right? Like, so so ga- it should be more like Gallagher, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the like the comedian. Yeah. But but I don't know. Like I, I like Galaga because it feels like it's more of the name of the game. By the way, this is what we talk about when neither of us watch any <laughs> footy. <laughs> it becomes Tofop, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, after my little interaction with Greg... Uh, I wanted to watch the football and because uh, in South Australia, I just get that half hour time difference between the East Coast and, and South Australia really just throws me. That's fucked up this recording a couple of times while I've been away because I just haven't been able to figure it out. So I was a bit anxious when I got there because I couldn't see any football on. And I went and asked the uh, the bar lady, I said, oh, you know, uh, is this on, on the football? And she goes, well, I think so. It's, it's only ever on one channel. There's no remote though. So if you want to scroll through it, you've got to press a button on the TV. So I was like, okay, and it got to like, you know, 7.30 when the game was meant to be and there was still no football on. It was some, you know, regional uh, news program. And so I was like, oh shit, well maybe it's on another channel. Like there's no reason. No one else in the bar apart from us seemed to be watching the TV. So I just went up and started punching buttons on, uh, on the pub TV, which I learned is not something you do. <laughs> like the locals who up until that point had not been very interested in us really kicked up a fuss when I, when I started like punching through the channels. Um, turns out I was actually on the right channel. It was just half an hour delay, so I managed to anger <laughs> all the locals for no particular reason. Um, yeah, so basically you pissed off all the locals who wanted to do the exact same thing you wanted to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so because it was a country pub, I ordered a kangaroo fillet. Uh, kangaroo fillet oh. on a bed of sweet potatoes. Bloody delicious, mate. Um, you know what they should uh, serve that kangaroo fillet on, Charlie? What? Shinbona uh, spirit. spirit jus. <laughs> well, it came with a little jug, Will, and I took a little sniff of that little jug, a little <laughs> whiff, and I waved that under my nose, and I poured a little Shinbona spirit on my kangaroo fillet. <laughs> uh, no, it was, uh, it was a good pub. It was, um, it was quiet. Uh, Friday night, there was probably 20 people in there, so that's like, that seems like a pretty happening night. Do you reckon if you had a uh, bottle shop, sorry, uh, sorry to back back on this, but do you reckon if you had a bottle shop in North Melbourne, you would call it Shinbona Spirits? I think you would. I think it's you would. a good name for a business, right? Shinbona Spirit. It really is. Shinbona Spirits. Yeah. Spirits, yeah. yeah. Shinbona Spirits. The do North think, Melbourne bottle shop. You know what North Melbourne should do? Is they should organize <laughs> like to, you know, like sell tickets, raffle tickets to go on a cruise to Tasmania and they could call it the Shinbona Spirit of Tasmania. <laughs> Just for that cruise. <laughs> Glen Archer. And they just fill it with North Melbourne legends. <laughs> yes. Like they just... <laughs> Who went to take a ride on the Shinbona Spirit of Tasmania. And the only thing you serve is Shinbona Spirit. Little, little, just little whifters of Shinbona Spirit. Hi, I'm Mick Martin. And I'd like to invite you... <laughs> 
all the ex-players are in like little captain's hats, you know, those little kind of love boat style little white uniforms, shorts and short sleeve white shirts and little short shorts. If you were going to get sold on, I know you're not a North Melbourne fan, but I, what say do you mean? for example. I don't, I, but, I don't dislike North Melbourne. Oh, you mean I no, back for the I Saints? Mean, right. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a question that okay. North Melbourne fans would be better able to uh, answer, but I'm going to ask you. Yeah, okay. Uh, if you're putting together, say Ricky Nixon, because mm. he'd be who'd be behind something like this, right? Yeah. yeah. So Ricky Nixon's putting together the Shinboda spirit of Tasmania cruise. And it's going to feel, it's like three day cruise. Tassie and back. Oh, it's perfect, right? Because they play in Tassie. Mm. So this is the whole thing around. So you go down, you watch them play in Tasmania, and then you go back. The shin bonus spirit of Of Tasmania. It's perfect. It's perfect. Get James Brasher on the phone. Okay. Okay. so, uh, So Ricky Nixon's behind this. He's putting it together. He's come to you and he said, Charlie, who do we need to get involved? Which ex players do we have to hit up to get the sort of. Like, who would you want to see if you're going... Like, they have those, like, Weezer cruises or whatever in the US and you go on and it's all Weezer fans and you see Weezer play. Mm. If you're going on the Shimbona Spirit of Tasmania, what do you want to see there? Hang on. There are Weezer, like, cruises that you can go on and it's just Weezer fans and Weezer play? Yeah. Can we do that with, like, this podcast? Or maybe Tofop? I mean, yeah. That would in be awesome. <laughs> With all four listeners. I mean, that'd be great. Two guys, one dinghy. It's ah. just us in a dinghy off Sydney Harbour. Yeah. We just take it down and we do it on the harbour. Yeah. Brilliant. I love it. Um, okay. Well, I guess you'd what you'd want is some big person. Like, you'd have to get some legends in. So, like, Wayne Shimmerbush, Malcolm yep. Blight, you know, uh, 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 Glenn Archer. Would you, get the, would you get the duck back? I mean, I reckon the duck would love a bit of. I mean, a bit oh, like the I'm not saying. Duck, look, right? I'm not. Uh, uh, duck wants to go. Don't get me wrong. Would you want duck back? Well, I, I guess you you've, you get duck or Anthony Stevens. Or so you've got to decide which of the two. You get them both, and you bring them back together on stage on the cruise. Like uh, this is your yeah, life not- kind of thing. You do a. This is your life with Wayne Carey. And like he's sitting in the chair and they're like, Wayne, do you recognize this voice? You fucking low, dirty dog cunt. <laughs> oh, fucking we'll hate you until the end of time, you low, shit-eating, dirty little fucking... Oh, that's got to be Anthony Stevens. <laughs> Bring him out. <laughs> no, Duck's, then- like, Duck's like, well, to be honest, it could be a few people, but <laughs> I'm going to say... <laughs> And then Anthony Stevens just goes running out like it's bloody Jerry Springer. (laughs) (laughs) No, how about this? (laughs) That might be a bit too much, you know. It might be (laughs) too much. What about (laughs) you have Anthony Stevens tell his side of it on the way to Tassie and then he gets off in Tassie (laughs) and flies back. Yeah. And Duck gets on and he tells his version of the story on the way back. So it's like a you but, get both sides. But hang on, but do you need to get both sides? Like, we all know what happened. I don't think Duck gets the right of reply in this scenario. Do you know what I mean? Okay, that's, that's a fair point. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> in fact, we just don't invite Duck. I think it's just going to be easier. It's less complicated, less things to work out. And, you know, you other know what? Pe- it's going to blow up the budget anyway. He'll be so expensive. Let's just not get him involved. <laughs> uh, okay, so Wayne Schumberbush, Malcolm Blight. Do you get do you get horseback? 
Horse is a pretty beloved figure at North Melbourne, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. But like, isn't he a Sydney guy now? I mean, when you're is coaching more another Sydney? team, you can't come back so. for this event. Um, well, give me some other. Were there any? I can't think of any North Melbourne larrikins. Like, who's the North Melbourne? You know, like Adam Cooney or the North Melbourne, you know, uh, Warwick Kappa who would do like sportsman's nights. Oh, Crackers Keenan. Fuck, it's been staring Crackers. us right in the face the whole time. Mate, yeah, the the the, the guy who actually Coined. knows where the Shinbone Spirit is. <laughs> yeah, the guy who I've been ripping off all year. Yeah, I imagine in some ways Crackers is actually uh, trademarked Shinbone Spirit and he gets a little cut anytime somebody says it. Yeah, is there any other larrikins? Who, is there anyone from the 80s who had like big hair or a headband, Lenny Bruce Dool types? Who are the charismatic North Melbourne players? Well, I know you've got, I reckon you've got to get Mickey Martin. I don't know if he's charismatic, but I just feel like Mickey really? Martin was one like one. Isn't one Mickey of those Martin beloved... like the, the, the Zach Dawson of the 90s, like a muscle bound Zach Dawson? <laughs> I mean, that yeah. feels a bit harsh. <laughs> 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 I mean, to be honest, that feels defamatory, Charlie. Maybe we need to... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... that out, pal. <laughs> I'm just typing in iconic North Melbourne footballers. I want to know who their legends are. Or legends. Spud Frito, Wayne... No, Jesus uh, Christ. Wayne Schwoz. Oh, mm, Schwatter, but he's finished Schwatter? his career at Sydney. I don't know, man. Uh, what about... Well, I mean, you've got to get Boomer. Boomer. Oh, Harvey, Boomer. Honestly. Boomer, of course, yeah. But even the, I'm thinking, like, they don't really have any larrikins, do they? They're not rich. Like, St Kilda's got lots of larrikins. But, um, I mean, you could get Arch there. You could get Glenn Archer there. He'll punch a kid if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Arch would be good. Here we go. <laughs> this is their Hall of Fame. Um, Alan Aylett. Anthony Stevens. Well, he's on. Barry Cable. Um, no. Dennis Pagan, would you get? Would you get Dennis on the cruise? He's a, he, he does. He's yeah. pretty funny, and he's there like dual and premiership real, coach. And he works in real estate now, so he could come on and do some sort of sort of like timeshare seminar sort of thing. Yeah, Pick some people some real estate. Do I tell you what? They haven't had a lot recently. All I'm looking there. I mean, I guess he's a oh Ross Glendinning, of course, of course. And then, well, Wayne Carey is a legend as well. You're right. Well, Wayne Schwoss is listed as being a legend and Shimmer. So, yeah, okay. There you go. I think that rounds it out nicely. It says here, by the way, Will, this photo of Wayne Schwoss on the North Melbourne Legends page, when he was inducted in 2016, (laughs) it was called a celebration of... What do you think North Melbourne might be oh, celebrating? Sh- shin bonus spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was that was so much that I was like going. I was looking at the, the puns on his name. <laughs> I was like, what, what's going on here? Yeah, right. You you do too. You're spoiled for choice. Also, the other thing I was really focusing on, which I probably shouldn't have been, but I was, was I think they have a dis- disproportionate amount of legends of that club whose name is Wayne. All right, let's count them. Like Wayne Schwoss, Wayne Schimmelbush, and Wayne Carey. Okay, there's three massive fucking Waynes. Three, yep. Uh, any more after that? No, the last th- three of the last four were all Waynes, you're right. Right. 
Yeah, they don't have any other player, any other legends that double up. All the names are independent of each other. That's amazing. They've got a Jim and a James, but one, oh no, they've got a Jim Cracker, Jim Hannon, and James Gardner, and yeah, Jock, and a Jock three, Spencer. I reckon if you're if you're playing name poker, three Waynes definitely beats fucking three Jameses. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're the club of Waynes. Yeah, uh, they've got two Rons Again, as well. This is, this is the riveting football conversation you can expect when we haven't watched the football. <laughs> you know who uh, else we could have on the cruise? Because he's a legend. Ron Barassi. Yep. Would you have associated oh, Ron yeah, Barassi okay. with North Melbourne? No. Melbourne or Melbourne. Carlton, but as a coach, yep. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, that's according to the Kangaroos. So who wants to come on this cruise that's never going to happen? <laughs> All right, let's get back, right. to the, back to the football. Yes. St. Kilda lost. Next game. <laughs> uh, here's what I will say for the Essendon fans is I watch this game and uh, Essendon look good. If they can play that well, you know, and here's the thing. We say this every week in this season, right? If, they, if the teams could play that well every week, mm. then, you know, but Essendon have, there's just a lot to like about that team. They've yeah. got some superstar players, you know, Fantasia and Tip and Woody and all, you know, all that excitement. Danaher's mark, like In I the heard first somebody fucking during the seconds. week going, "Oh well, it was." Yeah, I heard someone go, "I wasn't as good. like they were like I was nowhere near as good as Jeremy House." I'm like, mate, it might not be as good, but it was as close to as good as Jeremy House mark. When you jump on, like, how big is Jake Carlisle? He must be, like, 6'5", at least. And he jumped on his what? shoulder off one step and then raised himself up almost his full height. It was incredible. I kind of got the feeling after that, and then the very next goal was Tip and Woody's fucking just lazy snap from the boundary. And I'm like, oh, they're on. You can just tell. Like, yeah. there's certain things. That it's one of those kind of games where, and I'm not defending our performance at all. I thought we were woeful. But all the 50-50s went their way. But that just happens when everyone buys in and you're just running on top of the ground. Like, they just... There was every 50-50 contest, they would win. And it's just deflating. And we just fucking couldn't kick straight again. Like, last week, I was like, finally, they learned how to kick straight. And we just could not put any scoreboard pressure. They couldn't kick straight either. It was the only thing that kept us in the game for the first, you know, half. It feels to me like this modern game mm. is played in a way where every team, if they're playing the game properly can look fantastic. And so it comes down to momentum so much. Like it comes down to that idea of going, you go to a contest in the middle of the ground or something now, and if you grab the ball and you get it onto the next person, it's a great bit of play. But if you fumble that ball for a set, half a second, it turns it over and the other team go the opposite direction. And there's just such a finite like small amount between mm. what is a good thing and a bad thing at the moment that so much of it just comes down to, you know, like you said, that they feel on. Well, there's a guy, um, one of the actors I'm working with, uh, hasn't seen much AFL and so I was kind of explaining it to him and he was his observation was like, wow, it's really scrappy, isn't it? And I said, well, that's the modern game because it's constant pressure. Like that's how they, you know, they chase and harass and everyone is a defender now. If you don't have the ball, then you're trying to get the ball. Um, and it does open up in the second half. It seems to that that plan by the AFL seems to have worked really well. Where they're so fucking buggered by the second half, then you just get the sort of you know one on one contest, the long kicking kind of games. But um, who knows, man? I just was so deflating. I just, I just, I, I, I felt bad too because I had gathered people there in my name. <laughs> 
Like I felt like I was the guy who bought t- everyone tickets to you know see this band, and then it turns out to be fucking like the Brian Jonestown massacre. And within the first two minutes, the fucking lead singer's <laughs> punching on with a tambourine player, and I'm the one who's fucking got everyone down to the sea. I'm like, and I'm like, I should know St Kilda is the Brian Jonestown massacre. Like I've seen them do this shit all the time. I don't know why I'm surprised. Part of me is just like, <laughs> I don't. I just let's. I feel like. This is our plateau year. I feel like we do have talent. We can play. We can definitely do it. But I, it's it's not their problem. The problem's me. I've got to stop getting excited when I see games like the Richmond game the week before. I've got to realize that we can potentially get to that level consistently. But at the moment, it's probably going to be more fits and spurts. I mean, I don't think it's on you to readjust your expectations. I feel like they artificially raise them a little. Like... I feel like at the moment you're like a guy who like St. Kilda knows that you're in love with St. Kilda. If this is the movie, mm. you've been in love with St. Kilda despite how St. Kilda treats you, right? Yeah. Like and sometimes year. St. Kilda treats you really well and sometimes St. Kilda breaks your heart, but you still come back every year and you've got this like, you know, and at the moment, I just, late, ca- I just Kilda's can't, been, I, I just can't quit them. Right. And you're just a guy standing in front of a football team, asking it for a Wait. fucking premiership. <laughs> that that sounds that sounds worse. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it is one of those things where they've given you some hope. Like, I mean, mm. anyone who watched them play last week would have thought that they were, you know. But the problem with St Kilda, I think. Yeah, maybe even more than some of those other teams is there isn't that depth of talent. So if it isn't their day, it does like if if it isn't their day where the momentum is on their side and you know mm. like you said that day where you're on it falls away really quickly for them because they don't necessarily have the depth of talent to. That's true. Like we we used to have like for ten years, fifteen years, we've had Nick Revolt drag us across the line. Like you know he was the guy who was ably supported by some other A-listers like Adel Santo, Montagna, uh, Goddard, Lenny Hayes. But we don't really have that. Like, Steb Ross is having a great year. Like, he'll be in All-Australian consideration. But we don't have that dynamic guy, that Dangerfield kind of guy, that Selwood kind of guy. Like, Jack Stephen has the potential to do that. But he doesn't really have that. Like, he's got – he's a game-breaker – and he can be the kind of guy who just like flips a switch and kicks three goals and gets 40 possessions. But you're right. I feel like we need that marquee signature player. Like what player defines us? You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. Like, and yeah, I mean, like when you, think about, when, you, when you think about the Bulldogs, you think Bontempelli, right? But when you think about the Saints now, you still kind of think Revolt, even though he's still playing good football, but he's well past his best. Who is going to be that Saints player that defines that team? Why isn't it Jack Stevens? Um, I feel like with Jack, it's sort of a combination of his personality. And I think this year, you know, he went under the radar for quite a while. We knew he was good for ages and he won a couple of best and fairest. And it's only now that the rest of the competition started catching on the fact that they need to tag him. And he hasn't coped very well with the tags this year. Um, but I also don't think he has that... Uh, He's not like an on-field leader, not a natural leader like a Selwood or a Revolt or a Bontempelli. Like, he's not the most vocal guy from all accounts. He's one of those dudes who just, you know, lets his talent do the talking. But I think you need that complete player to define your team. You can't just... There's, I mean, Jake Stringer. 
is a superstar, but Jake Stringer isn't necessarily the guy that you can build a team around, is he? No, is is Jack a victim of the fact that he? You know, how sometimes players just look a bit weird. <laughs> like you know, what I mean? they look a bit weird when they run or whatever. Like when he's on the field, sometimes it looks like. I don't know. It just looks like he's kind of like a fat guy who might have a smoke in one hand while he's just like, <laughs> he, you know. He does, like, a, he, he does have that Dane Swan kind of shuffle when he runs. Right. But I don't think he looks that yeah. weird, does he? I mean, he's shaved the head now, so. Yeah, but I don't think it's like, I do think there is, like Dane Swan's a good example. I feel like he's got that thing where if he's having a good day, you just you don't even notice that that's how he is. But if he's not having a good day... It feels a bit like he's just like, like he hasn't put his footy boots on. He's just got his slippers on. And yeah. He's just trying to run in a way to hold them on his feet so they don't come off. You know what? Him and Swanee, they play like the dude who would dominate the country leagues when you're growing up. Like, you know, there's always that player in every competition yeah. who would just fucking dominate. Just had that burst of speed, uncanny goal sense, all that kind of stuff. But I think for like this kind of game, for AFL where it's super professional and stuff, that kind of dude who probably wouldn't mind skipping training sessions if he could, you know, doesn't necessarily want to, you know, be a, like a, a super athlete, loves playing football, doesn't want to put up with all the professional athlete side of it. That's my feeling. That's my read on it. There's always a moment, isn't there? Because I, I, I thought about this a bit when they were, you know, paying tribute to Luke Hodge during the week. There was a lot mm. of uh, times where the photo of uh, Chris Judd, Luke Ball and Luke Hodge, you know, that uh, f- that famous photo on of the, the three of them. And Luke Ball and Chris Judd look like younger versions of Luke Ball and Chris Judd. And young Luke Hodge looks like a completely different person to Luke Hodge. Oh, really? Like, like young Luke Hodge looks like he ate old Luke Hodge <laughs> for a start. Like, he's... He's a big boy. Like, I reckon just, I would say to Jack, get on the light and easy. <laughs> I feel like it really brings you what you need. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that uh, Jack's necessarily carrying extra pounds. He's not unfit. I just think it's more, no. he doesn't, he's, he doesn't have that kind of, he doesn't, he's not Nick Revolt. Like, that's big shoes to fill. Right. Like, when you're, you, you want to build your team around someone I think, for instance, the reason why the Saints went with Paddy McCartan over um, uh, Christian Petraka is that Paddy McCartan um, did really well in the kind of psych- like the psychological profile, and you know he was a leader at high school and has all those attributes of a guy that you know you can sort of build a team around, but not just a team, build your club around. And uh, apparently, the reason they went away from Petraka is he was more in that sort of Jack Stephen, Dane Swan. You know, I've always been good at footy. So that's as hard as I want to work. You know, I really hate having to do fucking time trials and pre-seasons and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, time will tell. I think if we got one extra good midfielder and Jack Stephen could be... Like, if we got a Josh Kelly, that would free up Jack Stephen and he could go off the chain and you could really see what he could do. But I don't think... I just don't think he has that material, that leadership kind of material just yet. Yeah, I, I did actually hear... You're absolutely right about Paddy McCartan. I heard that he did really well in those tests. But what they didn't re- release was the fact that... <laughs> Sorry, the wind-up on this joke has been so long. I was just, up via Skype, just winding my hands to what I said, come on, get on with it, get to the fucking... He knocks himself out on the way of the exam room or something like that. Was that what you were going to say? I mean, look, that, <laughs> that's the zone I was going to pitch it in. Yeah, sure, sure. 
That's a- Sorry, I took the Ben Brown run-up. I went back a little far. It took me longer than 30 seconds to get to the joke. The umpire called play on. You've tackled me. Fair enough. Play on. My bad. The next game uh, was Geelong versus Hawthorne. Uh, the Cats got up 13-10-88 over Hawthorne, 12-13-85. and 85. I did get to see the last two minutes thing, that t- Tissot, Tissot two minutes, free plug for Tissot out there. Um, I also got to see probably my favourite highlight from this game was even though uh, Paddy Dangerfield was injured, I love seeing Luke Hodge lay just one last big bump on Paddy <laughs> before the game was over. Did you see that? Fucking smashed him. I watched this game and this was one of my favorite games of football of the year. It was such a great game from start to finish. Like so much drama, so much excitement. It was, and these two teams are just so reliable in bringing you that entertainment. Yeah. Like I had built, I had built my day around it. I was like, oh, that, you know, I've got some time today. I'm going to set it up. I'd like made some food. I was really ready for it. And then it just delivered in spades. Like the Hodgy danger thing I loved because he smashed him. Like he absolutely smashed him. But then there was that moment with Razor Ray. Did you see that where uh, basically Hodgy gave away free kick uh, chopping Danger's arms and uh, Ray's like, you can't do that. And Hodgy's just like, just look, look how high he jumps. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that whole Dangerfield storyline to me was just amazing. So, so talk me through it. In the moment, um, it looked like he'd done some serious damage to his foot, right? Yeah, so he, he went to kick and kicked uh, straight into Ruffy's. It looked like straight into Ruffy's shin. That's what it looked like. So imagine you're just like he, full weight of like a kick and speed of a kick and then into like another player's like Ruffy's like tree trunk shins, right? And it looked like, you know, maybe he'd even like broken his leg or something like that. You know, that's what it kind of looked like at the start. And so he's gone off the ground and he's gone down into the rooms and Eddie Maguire, who's had a couple of weeks away on holidays and has come back with a little bit of enthusiasm in his system, mate, this was like class. Eddie went full WWE on this game. Like, like at one stage, I honestly thought that like Dangerfield was dead, that he'd been pronounced dead. Yeah. Like Eddie was going to say they had the priest there, they were giving him the last rites, and just as they were literally, he was taking his last breath. His hand went up <laughs> and he was like, back on. Because it was amazing. He he came back on the ground and like the first time he tried to kick it, it just looked like he couldn't run. He like shanked the kick. And and so they were like, oh, and they, they're calling for him. The commentary team are all like, just get him off. He's the most valuable player in the competition. You shouldn't have him out there. But clearly the doctors that had assessed it and yeah, didn't think there was anything you know, permanent damage wise. And so they've sent him down to full forward and then he's kicked five goals, six, including two hit the post. Like he he could have kicked seven or eight goals. Easy. I haven't seen it. Just every time they kicked it in the forward line, it would just land in his hands. It was amazing to watch. And he, I loved it. And he loved it. You could tell he was loving it. You know, when somebody is like, because he was trying to be like, Normally, if someone was doing the shit that he was doing, you'd be fucking celebrating and giving out high fives and like, you know, 
showing off to the crowd, but he's doing the other one, which is the even, I know I'm fucking good, so I'm just going to, no, it's cool, it's just cool. It's just me going about my business, just down here, just kicking five goals, whatever, in a quarter. Every ball's going to me. No, no, I'm cool. It was the best. It was so good. And Isaac Smith, the fourth musketeer, missed his shot, missed a shot on goal for the second time uh, in a row against Geelong, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like one of those things where you're just like, the game could have gone either way. It was like one of those days where, you know, you kick them sometimes, you don't kick them sometimes. It didn't say, like, I know that people take that moment, but there are so many other moments in that game that, you know, I mean, if Dangerfield had kicked straight, they wouldn't have even been in it. Yeah, right. Um, I, I wonder with those injuries, those ones where they put him back on the field, like you said... It wasn't a permanent injury. But does that mean like, that doesn't mean there's no pain, right? <laughs> That's like, oh, this is fine. You'll be able to play again next week. But it might be an excruciating sprain or some shit like that, right? Yeah, but you know what? I reckon if you're an AFL, okay, here's the thing. Maybe this is a terrible analogy, but I feel like, you know, when you're as good as like Patrick Dangerfield, I feel like sometimes just being awesome might get a bit boring. Yeah, sometimes challenge. you need to, you know, you need a little challenge. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you need to, you know, maybe, you know, maybe like when I masturbate, I'm going to put a plastic bag over my head and see if that, <laughs> you know, just heightens the... Sorry, it's a bad analogy. So but you're going to see, <laughs> before next week's game, you're going to see Paddy Dangerfield with a belt round his neck just hanging right. from a locker door. Paddy, you don't need to do that before a game. Well, I don't know, man. I've sort of been awesome for so long. I'll try some different shit. Keep me interested. But, yeah, some some players are wearing long sleeves. He's wearing a polo neck, like in a gym mask. <laughs> Mike, how can we see the next game, please? Port Adelaide, 1913, 127. Well, looks like they smashed North Melbourne, 8 9 57. Didn't see any of this game. Looks like looks like Brad Scott forgot to pack one thing, Will, in this uh, in, the, in the players kit this week. Yep, some decent players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, did you see any of, anything of this? No, didn't see this game, but, you know, it went pretty much as I'd expect. Port, Port are good at beating up on teams. It doesn't mean necessarily that, you know, they're going to be the team, but they are certainly one of those teams in this competition this year that you go, they will occasionally just beat up on a team. And, yeah, they're really good. They're really good. Robbie Gray's really good. Chad Wingard's really good. You know, the usual suspects. One of the guys I'm working with is a North Melbourne supporter, and he was sort of a bit bummed out. But I was saying to him, this is a fine year for North to bottom out. Like, they only really just cleared house last year. What are you going to do this year? Like, just fucking sneak into the finals? It's all better to finish bottom four, get a draft pick. All these players that you've been blooding this year, get, like, just you know, a full year's experience. It's fine. Just chill. Enjoy this year. This is your fucking like year off to have no stress. Finish bottom. Finish worse. Don't win any more games. Like they're saying this number one draft pick might be like this, you know, the new Dustin Martin. Right. Like, you know, in this next draft. Like finish as low as you can. Get some great draft pick for your club. Yeah, I agree. You're not going to make the finals. Who cares? Yeah. Kill yourself. We're like those people on 4chan who fucking encourage people to commit suicide. (laughs) Do it. Fucking do it, you pussy. Finish last. I dare you. Fucking double dare you. Brisbane has got the balls to fucking do it. Why did you? You know what? In dry July, go dry on Shimbona Spirit. 
Collingwood, 15 13, 103, defeated the Gold Coast, uh, 13 10, 88. Uh, Gary Ablett, another lazy fucking 40 something touches in the rain. Yep. Yeah, Gary Ablett's still really good at footy. When when he plays, they play better, but they did. Collingwood, Collingwood were okay. Um, someone posted to our Facebook page uh, the on the the Fox Footy description of the match. The first line was with their backs against the wall. Well, I thought we decided it wasn't a backs against the wall game. Now that sort of Buckley, the whole Buckley thing seems resolved. Their backs are sort of nowhere, right? Well, maybe you know Eddie Maguire works at Fox Footy, so oh. maybe this is. You know, we've been saying, how does he motivate the team? How does he get the backs against the wall every week? Maybe we didn't think it was a backs against the wall team, but maybe he actually got into Fox Footy. He said, hey, guys, just as a favor in the description of this game, Mm. could you describe it as a backs against the wall game? And then I will just leave the Foxtel guide. I'll just make sure on the TVs in the gym and stuff at the club that they see the description and it says a backs to the wall game. And that kind of just subliminally motivates the players. Well, that's assuming that they can actually read. Um, I'm doubtful. <laughs> I mean, I imagine that Eddie Maguire is creating a Truman Show-like environment where they all think they are going really well. That's, that's basically what he needs to do. Well, speaking of Truman Show, like, uh, Jamie Elliott is looking more and more like he wants to be a contestant on like a reality show like The Big Brother House or something <laughs> like that, don't you reckon? He's just got that look of a guy who will, you know... Uh, wants to be a personality yeah he wants to be on a tv show called i'm a celebrity get me out of collingwood <laughs> he's a good player i wish that he played more like he's 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 a really fantastic footballer when he's up and going does he remind you kind of toby green like similar kind of player like too not quite the tank for midfield not tall enough to be key position but not really small enough to be like small forward it's sort of it's just a mid-sized forward Got a similar feel. Yeah, you know what they feel like. They feel like um, if you were going to hire a like a, a rental car, there's like the <laughs> smallest model. Yeah, you know, and that's your kind of small forward, right? Yeah. But then there's one they'll just kind of upgrade you to that isn't quite a, a sedan. big car. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Well, that's what Toby Green and yeah. That's that's what they are. Yeah, they're not they're not Barinas, but they're not Commodores either. <laughs> no. Something in between. <laughs> what does this mean for uh, Rodney Eid? More more neck massages? Mate, uh, Rodney Eid's not going to coach Gold Coast at the end of this season. And I don't think that Nathan Buckley's going to coach Collingwood. I hope he is, but I don't think To the is. end of the season or next season, did you say? No, nah, they'll both coach to the end of the season. There's no point replacing either of them before the end of the season. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. But teams do it all the time where they'll sack coaches mid-season. Oh, I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying it shouldn't happen. It's a stupid thing to happen. I don't think it does anyone any favours. Well, Gold Tony, Coast aren't going to make the finals. Tony, crazy Tony Cochran has not come out and made that you know full support of the board uh, statement about Rodney Eade. So he might be safe. But then again, I imagine Tony Cochran spends uh, his days like ranting at pigeons on the roof of the Gold Coast headquarters. Okay, well, riddle me this. Answer me this. <clears throat> Who coaches them if he doesn't coach? Guy McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like uh, they do a they do a Julia Gillard Rudd Gillard 
situation. Paul is that Roos, what they're going to do? Paul Roos is the obvious... Um, it worked for Melbourne. Paul Roos is the obvious guy to send up there. Mate, Paul Roos isn't going to go to the fucking Gold Coast. Like, he's in Hawaii. Like, maybe he'll coach them from Hawaii. Like Malcolm maybe Blight did what... with St Kilda, where he coached them from the Gold Coast. Is there any chance that they could play all their home games in, like, Maui or something? You don't think he would? What if they offered him, like, the AFL would be desperate for this to succeed. If the AFL said we'll pay half his contract and it was, like, 1.5, 2 million a year, he... I mean, think about it. It would be the easiest money in the world for him to do, to go to Gold Coast for two years and train up a fucking assistant coach. If Ruzi is going somewhere for money, he'd go to Collingwood. Why wouldn't you go to Collingwood? You wouldn't go to the Gold Coast. Because I think Collingwood, would. there'd be an expectation that they want to sign him to like four years or something. Whereas I think with Gold Coast, the negotiation could be, we'll give you... Two years at $1.8 million and then you can hand over to it. Just do a, do a, a Melbourne for us. I don't think Eddie is going to want Rusey to do a Melbourne at Collingwood. Yeah, I think he would. You get a younger, more ambitious sort of they, like someone they, they could... They just tried a fucking succession plan and it backfired. Why would they do that again and pay overs for it? Yeah, but here's the thing. The, Eddie gets so much shit about the idea of like the succession plan, right? But I'm about to defend Eddie Maguire on this is Like, the idea is right. The whole Paul Ruse Melbourne thing, the whole Paul Ruse at Sydney with Horse Longmire thing proves that the idea of having a coach and then having a successor in place is actually a really good idea and a really good way to do it. And Eddie always, always, people are always like, oh, Eddie and his succession plan. The only problem that Eddie had in his plan wasn't that the plan... Hang on. Hang on, wait, let me finish. The only problem with Eddie's plan wasn't that the plan wasn't a good idea. The problem was that the people involved in the plan were never going to actually agree to the plan. The plan is a good idea. It was just the personalities of the people, in particular Mick Moldhouse, who couldn't agree to actually do what the plan was. You've just, uh, you've just said you get annoyed when people bag out Eddie Maguire for the, the idea of the succession plan. When I distinctly remember getting a text from you after the 2012 grand final where we're saying how great the Swans did and John Longmire won his first premiership. And you're like, yeah, there you go, Eddie. That's how you do a succession plan. Well, it is. It <laughs> proves my point. That, all that, that all still stands up. All I'm saying is now, years later, when my point has been proven, I'm less angry at Eddie. In fact, I'm more understanding of Eddie <laughs> and I'm angry at the general society who judges Eddie in the way that I instinctively did in that moment. That's why I've become so defensive because I've changed as a person, Charlie, <laughs> over the journey as I've understood more. So what uh. I'm saying, I guess, Eddie, is I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, the next game, please, Mike Hal. Oh, okay. This would have been a cracker, I imagine. It was playing. I did. Uh, I was at the pub again on Saturday night, but I didn't really watch this game. It was playing in the background. But uh, Sydney, 14 12 96, defeated the Giants at Spotless Stadium, I believe. 12 11 83. Did you see any of this game, Will? Yeah, I watched this whole game. And, oh, this is uh, good. You actually Sydney. have seen a lot, of, a lot of football this weekend, just not on Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't say anything Sunday. But. Um, Sydney were so. This is another example. Sydney were great. They were just fantastic. They they are playing such good football. They may well do, have the rope a dope season this year. They may well have the just like you know what. 
just skip the first five or six games of every season and then we'll just get into it post Easter. Just enjoy it up, enjoy yourself up to Easter. But post Easter, we're really going to try hard at being good at footy. <laughs> um, they're so good to watch again. It's really exciting football and they're brutal. But GWS played terribly, I will say right. this. And they only still lost by, what, 13 points, 14 points or something. Like, yeah. they have that, they are just so talented, GWS, that even when they're not playing well, they're still in it because just they have so much natural talent that even on a bad day, they can't help but be quite good. Yeah. Like, you know, if like if that's the difference between them and, say, St Kilda, right? So on a day when St Kilda's having a shocker, they can just get blown away because, like, you know... We don't have or they the have depth. Some, right. Whereas these GWS guys are having the worst day of their life and they're still like a four out of ten. Yeah. That's basically what it is. They just accidentally... They're like those people who always have good luck. They like, they'll trip over and they'll just kick a goal over their head. Mm. They've got that, but it's 100% what it is. They're just loaded with superstars. And it's, it's one yeah. of those things too where, you know, we sort of question their attitude, like maybe it all comes too easy for them and whatever. But if you can cruise through a game or not play your best footy and stay within 13 points of last year's grand finalist, <laughs> like you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Right. And also, you know what? If things are going not great for them, if there is a chance that a few things are going off the rails, then let's just not be so keen to point it out and offer them solutions to it. Can't we as a football community just agree to just shh and let them fuck it up a bit? Yeah, totally. Because if they get it right, we're all going to be... Basically, what we're having the conversation around GWS is like, how much like you know artificial intelligence we should give like computers it's like we need some limits on how powerful they can be or they're going to destroy us all so at the moment like they're having trouble sort of like you know turning turning into terminators in a general sense i think that we shouldn't be criticizing that and offering solutions we should just be letting it continue to happen yeah. I mean, what do you think the AFL, if the AFL had two basket cases on the hand, like let's just say Gold Coast is in the basket case, but they're not setting the world on fire. If GWS were in the same boat, do you think that the AFL would have like a huge problem or would it be like it just a, what, they'd just be patient like they were with Sydney all those years ago? Uh, I think they would have a huge problem. I think one of them had to be successful. But here's the thing. Even GWS as they're going now, they're a top four to top six side. And that's all those teams need to be. It's a mistake to think that they need to be premiership teams. But if you could have a team that is going to be around somewhere between sixth and first, like, you know, for a good period of years early on, I think that's enough to expect from a team to get a, like a, a following. And you don't have to hand them premierships at the expense of other clubs that have been trying to earn them just to get them a following. Like, that's like buying followers on Twitter or whatever. It's like, they've got to earn some as well. You've got to get, a good, get them good enough that they can compete with those top sort of teams and then leave it a bit up to them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would just prefer that um, we, we keep them... Well, you know what we could do? Truman show them. So they think they're actually playing... 
all the games that they play don't actually count in the regular season. They're kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters. We get to enjoy watching them play, but we sort of keep them there like it's just like a like a harvest for other teams to come in and take players. So they don't know it. We don't tell them. We, they think that the games they're playing for are for points, but we shh. Hey, this is back to your point. Shh, everyone be quiet. We don't tell right. GWS that actually their points don't count. We're just using them as a way to find the best young footballers and put them on team so our poor Victorian <laughs> clubs can sneak up there, cherry-pick them a bit later. That's what we should be doing. They're just a pure showcase team. They're the display home of AFL teams. Right, yes. It's basically an academy for the AFL. Yes. That plays in the AFL. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's a good idea. So the points don't count, but those players can... And it's good because you're not only getting draft picks, but you can get mature age players in, someone who's been dominating at the Waffle or Sandfall or VFL or whatever. Yeah, and that way we don't have to worry about them fucking going all Terminator on us. That's that's the Andamov law. We, we install an Andamov law. They cannot be awarded points. They cannot be ranked on the ladder. They cannot play finals. <laughs> but we still get to enjoy watching them play. <laughs> I mean, it's a good idea. I like it. <laughs> Michael, next game, please. Adelaide, 17-14, 116, defeated Melbourne, 10-10-70. Did you see this game well? No, I, I watched it a, a, a tiny little bit, but it was on at the same time, basically, as the other game. So, no, I didn't see much of this one. I heard that Adelaide were very good as they are. Melbourne are staggering around a bit, I think, as we all know, because, well, they... I, I mean... I don't buy into that idea of like discipline problems at a club or whatever, but it's starting to look like they might have discipline problems at the club. <laughs> Why? What happened? Oh, Bernie Vince punched on again. Oh, did he? Uh, the headline on AFL.com.au was two weekend at Bernie's because he got a two match suspension. <laughs> That's great. Punching on. Uh, but um, yeah, it's they just feel like they're. I don't know. They're, Undisciplined. They're a bit ragged. They've got a lot of injuries. Um, but Adelaide is just really good, I think, as well. I think that's, like, I mean... It's so I funny think they're still probably flag favourites. Bernie Vince, like, went the punch, went the knuckle, because I saw him on AFL 360 earlier in the week because it was rural round. And they were, like, just sort of, you know, saying what a great character he is. You know, he's a lovable country lad, blah, blah, blah. He's the kind of guy who could, you know... Walks into any kind of interview and people always love him. There was no sort of precursor to him just going out and fucking dusting up some of his ex-teammates. Well, this is the interesting thing. I think that is what we hear about. Everybody does love him. But apparently he just loves punching people still. <laughs> Where do you put Melbourne uh, this year? Finals I'm hoping still? they will drop out of the eight so one of our teams can sneak <laughs> in. So I'm now celebrating the decline of Melbourne. I'm... For, for so much of this season, Charlie, I was on board Melbourne, but I've done some practical sums. You know, it's essentially I'm on a life raft and I know at some stage somebody's going to get eaten and like my team is in now in that group of people who might get eaten. So if somebody else is going to get eaten before we get eaten, yeah. I'm behind that now, no matter how much I enjoy that team. So fuck yeah. Melbourne. We're, th- we're eating you. We're throwing you overboard, whatever it is, uh, because the Bulldogs need to sneak into the finals. Yeah, you're too, he- you're too heavy. You're weighing down the lifeboat. We're tipping you overboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's you, it's you or us now. So I like, because a couple of teams obviously have to drop. If either of our teams are going to make the eight, a couple of teams that are in there right now have to drop out. And so now you've got to just like identify who you think that might be. So mm. 
if Melbourne are going to fall apart spectacularly right now, that is that Good is in us. both of our interests. So yeah. I applaud it and encourage it. <laughs> Richmond, 16-16-112 defeated their jungle buddies, the Brisbane Lions, 12-9-81. Now, again, didn't see this game, but um, someone sent me a text that said at halftime on the Herald Sun website, they used a hashtag, Richmondy. Is this about the, is this second half going to get Richmondy? So, what's going on? Like, who do we sue? I mean, well, here's who, who, this, here's who we don't sue. Rupert Murdoch. Because that, that is a David and Goliath-style battle we do not want to enter into, Charlie. Um, but it's nice to know that, you know, that people are listening. That's all I'm saying, that, we, that we're making a difference, that we're <laughs> an important and vital part of the football media. Well, we've created a word that will enter the vernacular. Like, that's, uh, that's unheard of. I mean, we were talking about in our other show, um, a TOEFOP, about where the word dongle came from. And they said that dongle actually doesn't really have a specific origin. It just kind of came about. This has a specific origin, but it's very unique to us. And I, it's not that I want the credit for it. I just want the, I just want the no, it page. Feels like you want the credit for it. I, well, yeah, I just want the pages of history to reflect the fact that we invented that word. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm going to say. Firstly, I'm not sure that we invented the word. I'm, I'm, I'm sure at some other stage somebody has like talked about things being Richmondy, particularly Richmond supporters, I imagine. But we were just joking about it in a general sense and it caught some attention online from people listening to us. So that was the world that it came out of. Here's what I will say is, definitely out of the two of us, you were definitely the person who was going with Richmondy more than I was earlier. And I have got all of the credit. <laughs> like, that's what I have noticed in every article. It's like, Will Anderson invented this, like, word. And I'm like, A, I don't think we even invented the word. But B, out of the two of us, I certainly did not. <laughs> it's the other guy you're not mentioning. He... Did I, I, is that right? I don't even know. I just assumed that it sort of came about organically. Like that maybe one well, of us... Well, it did. It did, definitely did. But I... In, well, at least in my recollection, I feel like it's something that we came up with together, but it was definitely you who was like... The, Holy shit. Yeah, I mean... You, you probably shouldn't yeah. have told me this, Will, because I'm angry now. Oh, no. So Mike Cal is just confirming it was me who invented the word Richmondy. We need to come up with yeah. a second... if. We have to. If you are going to hashtag Richmondy for the rest of the season, you should also have to hashtag copyright Charlie Clawson. But that's the thing, mate. I haven't been trying to fucking, you know, Zuckerberg you to whatever. I don't. You're not those twins. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I've, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yes. The Winklevosses. The Winklevosses. Mm. You've been Winklevoss, mate. Yeah, I have. Like you've been. You have. And it's like, here's the thing. I've not been claiming credit. I've been given credit for something that I'm not claiming credit for. (laughs) I, on the record, am happy to state that it was us, but Charlie, definitely Charlie. (laughs) I'm not going to Winklevoss him. (laughs) I don't want you to Winklevoss me either. Uh, so what do you know why uh, I didn't read any further in the headline why was Richmond looking like they were maybe going to lose the game at halftime did something happen yeah early on they were terrible but they got right. better okay well do we need to and talk about and then Dusty Martin almost lost himself to Brownlow by 
swatting someone in the face. But he got away with it? Yeah, because he might win the Brownlow. But if he wasn't in line for winning the Brownlow, he might not have got away with it. it was Do you one reckon of those that ones. happens? Yes. Do you? Oh, yeah. I'm a benefit. There's every year, there's some time where if it's like one of those ones that's on the line, it's good for you to be up for the major award because they'll, they'll find some reason to get you off. I don't know. Look, I'm not sure that Martin should have got a week for it, but... So what happened with fucking I could have seen Chris, them if Chris it wasn't Grant someone or, they gave a shit about like Martin. What, happens Sorry, to, what yeah. about Chris Grant all those years ago? Like, he was playing great football that year. Why didn't they fucking let him off? Well, because they didn't know he was going to win the Brownlow at round whatever, three or whatever it was when the thing happened. But if it had been three rounds before the end of the season... Ah, so that thing with Chris Grant happened early in the season. I don't know. I might be ah! wrong, but I believe it was. I believe it was earlier <laughs> in the season. The next game is the Western Bulldogs, 12-10-82, defeated Carlton, 9-8-62. This is the other game I did see. Um, it was okay, close so to begin. It's actually, I think we predicted... Uh, how we predicted this game un- to unfold, it played out almost exactly, which was that Carlton put up a good fight... And then round about sort of the second quarter, uh, Western Bulldogs got their skates on. It feels like, you know what it feels like? There is effort with the Bulldogs. I felt like you guys were looking a little battle-weary a couple of weeks ago. But the effort seems to be back there, the desire to win, the appetite for the contest. And Bontempelli, like, you know, we talked about it earlier in the show about just natural leaders. Like, he's the guy that you follow into battle. He's the guy who wills you over the line. Just the, not, not just through his kind of leadership, but his actual physical attributes literally means he can start with the ball in the middle and then run into the forward line and be the guy to kick the goal. Like, that's such a rare uh, a gift to have as a player. Um, Carlton were okay, but I think this is... They, you needed this more than they did. You know, Carlton's yeah. going to be fine. They're coming back. Uh, someone also messaged us on the Facebook page to say that apparently in the preamble they played the Imperial March when they were, when they did the Carlton highlights, which I don't know if that means someone has also been listening to this show and is and, <laughs> and agrees with my point of view, but I'm glad it's out there. Um, yeah, you guys needed this. The Carlton have had a lot of injuries. I feel like this is going to be one of those things where we've both been in some tragic accident together and we wake up from a shared coma we've been having <laughs> where suddenly we think we're influencing. Like th- That's the kind of delusion you'd be in. And then the newspaper started writing yeah, yeah, articles yeah. where they were ripping off our podcast. And then on the TV, like on a national broadcast, they were referencing our podcast. Uh, mm. Mate, put your aluminium foil hat back on. Uh, you're crazy now. <laughs> well, I think it's also too that this, the stuff that we riff on is stuff that exists in the AFL lexicon already. <laughs> like shin bonus spirit, like backs against the wall. That's a good point. <laughs> that is a much better point. Well done. Um, J- JJ seemed to play himself back into some form, which is good. Yeah, and we needed to win this. Oh, uh, tell us about the... So I did hear about this kid the who played his first game who was good, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you want to know about him? He was good, like... It didn't, oh. I didn't. Well, that is not the impression I've been led to believe by all the news reports I've heard in the last day. It was like he had 20 touches in his debut and everyone was really excited about the way he played and you've really just given him a bit of like, eh, I wasn't, I would, like I said, I wasn't watching it closely. I had it on while I was working and I missed like one of the quarters. So I don't know. I mean, it's a little, it's a little, mm. the kid, kid with the black hair who kicked the goal in the first quarter, second quarter, that mm. kid. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that's not an enthusiastic. I was I was hoping for more. But Sorry, it mate. Out. I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't. I don't remember that kid. All I remember is uh, Bont playing well, JJ playing well, and Rob Murphy looking a bit short of pace. Oh well, he's coming back from injury here. But is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't get defensive. <laughs> Next game was West Coast eleven eight seventy four defeating Frio in the Derby Derby five fourteen. Four, gee, that's just first time seeing the score. Five goals fourteen forty four. Fucking hell, man. Jeez, I'd love to be in the Dockers change room after that fucking scoreline. Like, what kind of dressing gown is Roscoe going to give? I'd love to hear a Ross Lyon, like, unedited fucking spray. It'd be amazing, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. If there was, like, a Ross Lyon up late. Like, it was just, like, if Ross Lyon, for example, um, just, like, released a bunch of tapes where he, like, drank a bottle of whiskey and he just had, like, some recording equipment and he just put his thoughts down late at night. Yeah. I would love... That's what I would love. Like, remember that Spoon Man show that used to be on Triple M? Like, that Late Night with Spoonie, but Late Night with Rossi. Late Night with the Boss, you'd call it. Oh, I would love that. Or it's like some late night Perth like call in show yeah. after midnight. Starts at midnight. Yeah, and Ross just gives you advice. Just straight talk and Ross line. It'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's called All Truth No Lion <laughs> with <laughs> Ross Lion. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's uh move on to this round uh coming up. Uh first oh, game big, is big week for Frio. Um Nat Fife has signed six years or whatever it is for 1.3 million, whatever. He, he's he been playing great, Fife, and he's signed forever. So, so Fitzy is wrong then? Fitzy on the Perth radio station? I mean, I guess tough weekend for Fitzy. Yeah, that's the thing about Fitzy. It's not all good news. Yeah. Let's First, just take a moment now, everyone, yeah. to have a moment for Fitzy, who turns out is just a guy who made stuff up. I think that's an adequate amount of time for Fitzy. That's it. That's a good moment. Yep. The first game of round 18 is on Friday night at Adelaide Oval where the Crows take on the Cats. This shall be a fucking belter. Yeah, what do you reckon? This is like a hard one to pick. Geelong, let's say Dangerfield might not play. Did you see his press conference today? After uh, Corn said that he sometimes exaggerates. Because did you just see this? Corns has said, basically said that Dangerfield sometimes exaggerates his... Uh, injuries and puts it on a little bit too much. So at his press conference today, Dangerfield's rocked up like in bandages and in like with like a bone foot. Did he like, really? He's essentially WWE the shit out of it. That's like, amazing. It was That's awesome. I didn't see that. He's fucking lovable. Um, I yeah. reckon it's hard to tip against the Crows at home. I know they've lost to the Demons and maybe a couple, one or two other teams, but they're pretty impressive. Uh, and if Danger's out, it's definitely the Crows. I'm going to go the Crows. For some reason, I reckon Geelong have a pretty good record against Adelaide, although I may just be making that up. Um, I'm going to say Adelaide at home as well. On Saturday, the Bombers take on the Kangaroos at Etihad Stadium. Look, North, just come, North, if you're listening, just come a bit closer to the to the speakers or or just turn I up know. your volume. Just Just lose all the games. Just lose them all. Just lose it. Just lose him. No one's going to care. You've got a number one draft pick. No one cares, mate. No, hey, just you, lose. you're going to offer Dusty Martin heaps of money. Just fucking lose some games. Just lose some games and you'll get lose. the next Dusty Martin. Cost you nothing. It's not It's not tanking. It's not tanking. 
That's fine. Everyone does it. Shh. You know Carlton. Carlton did it for fucking years. And they got away with it. Now look at him. Everyone loves him again. Remember how much you used to hate Carlton? I used to fucking hate Carlton. I still do. But I'm loving him again. Yeah. And they just bottomed out. You can do it too. It's fine. <coughs> okay. So uh, Essendon, we, weren't, we weren't talking about Essendon will win that one. Yeah, I reckon will kill him. <laughs> Next <laughs> game is uh, the Demons taking on the power at the MCG. Gee, this is, this is an interesting game. Melbourne need to win it. As you say, they've got some injury issues. Port love bending up on teams that are less than them. You could say Melbourne are at least in the vicinity. How do Port travel? Pretty well, I think. Mm. I'm going to go Port, and that's my luck of the week. I'm right there with you, Charlie, I've got to say. Uh, I, we need Port to win. Port are going to make the finals. Mm. I'm locking them in. We need to kill off Melbourne. Yes. Sometimes, you know, the enemy of our enemy is our friend. Yes. And I think this is one of those situations where we've just got to be behind Port Adelaide. Knock Melbourne around. Maybe get a couple of injuries. Maybe provoke them into a couple. Of, like, you know what? Be punchable. I'm, I'm talking to you. You know what? There's a lot of Port Adelaide players that are punchable. And mm. Melbourne is a team that likes to punch people. I think this is a perfect combination. I would just like to say to Port Adelaide and the Port Adelaide players, just be as punchable as you possibly can this week. Yeah. Send them some... Why don't you start... Don't wait for them to get on social media. You start sending some bloody Instagram posts now. Go on and start making fun of Jack Watts' hair. Just do anything, you know, just to get some shit going. Yeah, I'm with you, Charlie. Western Bulldogs take on the Suns. Uh... Where's CS? Cairns. Cairns. Who, you sell a game or do they sell a game? Yes, we sold out at one of our games, which is not a great idea, I think, because uh, it does really obviously put this one into a 50-50 situation. But I've just got to say, the, the Bulldogs, this is one of the ones, if we are going to sneak into the finals, that we have to win. So we have to win this. So I'm going to say the Bulldogs. I'm going to say the Bulldogs as well, although, I don't know, could be a danger game. Could be a danger game, I think. Oh, God. The next game is the Swans taking on the Saints at the SCG. Given we haven't beaten them in about fucking six years and the last one we played them this year, they fucking spanked us. We were the team that played them into form. Um, you can, the rest of the league can thank us for that. Uh, well, I'll tip the Saints because I'm an idiot and I'm in love with her. I just can't quit her. But, uh, I mean, the Swans will win this, won't they? Well, here's the thing. The Swans are on an amazing run. And the thing we know about this season is that you can't have an amazing run forever. Mm. The Saints, they had their tough week last week, but you can just shake that off. They played pretty good footy the week before. I reckon if they could get it going, they could definitely beat Sydney. But I'm going to say Sydney are going to win this. I won't be watching this game. I'll be uh, at Splendour in the Grass, and I won't probably have any phone coverage. Um I'll just assume that uh, that we won. So don't send me any text, anybody. I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to. Don't don't ruin, don't ruin my buzz while I'm at Splendor, please. Or only send texts if you have indeed won. No, so but that then way, if, I, if you start getting texts, I know, yeah. But if I start getting texts, just don't fucking contact me. All right, my, you know what? I won't take my phone. How about that? But then how will I take photos? <laughs> no, shit. Sorry, this is stuff I should just think about in my head, not on on this podcast. The next game is Freo taking on the Hawks uh, at Penis Arena. Um, has to be Hawthorne, do you think? I don't know. Where uh, are Freo at? Can you get a, can you get a gauge on Freo? 
I reckon Frio are going okay, but they they have no interest in making the finals, and they nor should they. I think Frio understand what North Melbourne just aspire to understand, which is there's no real interest in winning too many games at this end of the season. Just play good, but kick a lot of points. Finish down the end, get some good draft points. Uh, is that why they um, kicked five goals 14 last week? Yeah, that's their game plan. Yeah, <laughs> They're right. just like, we want to get heaps of scoring shots, but please do not kick goals yeah. because we want a couple of decent draft picks. <laughs> uh, Hawthorne, though. I reckon Hawthorne. I, don't, uh, I reckon Hawthorne have just still got a little bit of life in them, so I'm going to say Hawthorne. I'm going to say the Hawks as well. On Sunday, big match at the MCG. The Mighty Tigers take on the Giants. Uh, whew, this match of the round, do you think? More than that's Adelaide Geelong. Yes. Uh, but this should be a good contest. Depends which Richmond turn up. I know GWS get a bit shaky in these kind of like situations, but then who's shakier than Richmond? Mm, no one. <laughs> That's who. Uh, I'm going to pick... Oh, God. What's the most Richmond thing to happen here? They lose, right? Is that more Richmond uh... for them to lose? Or to win? Because they had such a shock against the Saints. They surely, surely it's more Richmond to win... Because that means that they've gone in, they've now beaten, you know, the team that everybody thought was going to, you know, kind of easily win this premiership. That puts them in a position for high expectations. Yeah, you're right. And I think with Richmond at the moment, we need to get the expectations built up a bit more again. Yeah, Don't yeah, you feel right. like that's where it's we flagged. We're it's just, just flagged in the brand. We need it. We need to reboot. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tip. The I feel tarts. like we need to kind of put that conversation back in that Richmond could actually win the premiership. I feel like that's died off a little bit, that people genuinely think that. They beat GWS, then suddenly people are right back in going, hey, Richmond could actually win it this year, right? <laughs> that's what people would say. If they yeah. beat GWS, people will go, Richmond could win the You're premiership right. this year. It's, it's just a shot in the yeah, arm definitely. they need for a, for a hilarious yep. final series. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Eddie Richmond. had on Sunday, the Pies take on the Eagles in the battle of who gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes. Well, I guess it's in my best interest for West Coast to lose. So I'm going to hope Collingwood. I'm going to go this week. Okay, here we go. Uh, just in the backing self-interest, because I need West Coast to lose, because we probably need a couple of spaces in the finals. Um, so Collingwood aren't going to trouble us. This would be a great game for you know to them to get behind Bucks. It's in Victoria, right? West Coast don't travel that well. You know, Collingwood rally the troops. So I'm going to say Collingwood, and that is my lock of the week. I will also say the Pies. Last game, the Brisbane Lions versus Carlton up at the Gabatoire. In fact, they will win by so much, Charlie, that it will actually vindicate Eddie Maguire's succession plan for Nathan Buckley. I'm going to say uh, let's – I feel like Carlton – Carlton are due another loss. I think Brisbane play okay. This is a fairly evenly matched. Carlton are a better team. I'm going to say Carlton. Carlton. It's a hard one to pick, I reckon, this, because, you know, Zorko's been in such amazing form this season. Uh, Carlton, I thought, uh, yeah, toss of the coin. Uh, I'm going to say Carlton too, yes. And that is the show. Sorry, I'm fucking... If I'm sounding a bit dopey, I've been up since about 4 a.m. <laughs> it's almost 8 o'clock now, and I am Mate, delirious. both of us, uh, I 
traveled for the first time in a long time yesterday and my back i haven't sat down for five weeks and my back is fucked and i'm full of painkillers and so uh that's why we that's that's why we talked about the pub i drank at for the first 20 minutes of the show Uh, there was a couple of times, I mean, I will honestly say thank you for listening this far if you have, because there's been a couple of times, and I'm actually just saying that to you, Charlie, let alone <laughs> the people actually listening at home, because there's been times where I've been halfway through a sentence in this one and gone, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. So, <laughs> Which is the common refrain of most of our listeners. Um, okay. Uh, we have a web page, tofop.com. Uh, Tofop is our other podcast. It's a bit like this without football. But you can find this podcast, Tofop, and a couple other podcasts there that you may enjoy. Uh, and if you like this show, you can go across to uh, our Facebook page. We're also on Twitter. Um, Will's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. We have a very big public online profile. Sure, maybe not big enough to be credited as the co-creator of the, the hashtag Richmondy, but still, we're pretty, we're pretty present on social media. Oh, mate, it should be. I get all the fucking, I get all the credit and it really should be Charlie Clawson and then with Will Anderson. <laughs> That's all I should be. I should be like with Will Anderson. Like we might be Dangerwood, but I'm definitely Selwood and you are Dangerfield when it comes to fucking Richmond, dude. <laughs> uh, we should also let people know that uh, we've got a big live show coming up at, uh, and we're not making this up, the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. I mean, particularly after tonight's episode, it feels so weird to say this, but it turns out that we are doing our other podcast, TOEFOP, at the Sydney Opera House as part of the Just for Last Festival. It will be amazing. Obviously, because we're at the Opera House, we're going to do our best to put on a you know memorable and fun and amazing show. So uh, you can buy tickets to that right now. Buy tickets um, and we will make sure it's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll endeavor to make sure it's good. Can't guarantee it, right? <laughs> We're the opposite. Well, basically, though, our motto is the opposite to Field of Dreams. You know how it was like, if you build it, they will come. Ours yeah. is, if you come, we will build it. So sh- if you guys can agree to come, we will agree to come up with something good. The show is on uh, September 15th, Friday night, 9.15pm. Um, look, this is kind of a big deal. We're sort of underplaying it because I think we're both in shock a bit. But look, even if you just like this podcast, I think you'll like our live show. You like the TOEFOP. It, it's, it's, we get a lot of great guests. It's going to be very funny. If I'm sounding like I'm begging for people to come, I am. Yeah, that's why. We're begging for people to come. We have a little fucking free podcast and suddenly we're playing this in the Opera House. It'd just be really cool if people came and we'll make sure that it's a really fun and excellent show, I'm sure. Do you have a, your stand-up to promote? Oh, well, the the only thing that I was going to say is I'm going to be in Montreal at the Just for Last Festival uh, in like a week from now. So if there's anyone listening to this who thinks that they know someone in Montreal who would enjoy my show, tell them to come along. That'd be really cool. And so I say play on, not 15. Oh. <laughs> uh. We are two guys.